0: Good evening, Metro Manila. It is now 11:55 in the evening, and we're back for another inter- interesting episode of Mysterium After Dark. And this episode was done in response to a message I received on the Rob Rubin Readings fan page, and I'll just read it out for you. Dear Rob, me and my husband have been practicing occultism for the past five years. We presently have a 10-year-old boy and we're wondering when is a good age to introduce him to, to our practices and what are some suggestions that you have in slowly bringing them into the world of magical and occult practices? Sincerely, Celine. Okay, Celine, thank you for this amazing question. And all I can really give you is my own personal experience of how this worked. And at the end of the day, you can choose to take it or you can choose to ignore it. It's completely up to you. And I'm going to use my son, Jacob, as an example, because this is the only example I've had so far. Nicole is still young. And my daughter, Nicole, is still 10. And um, she hasn't really shown any interest into any of these things yet. So I recall when Jacob was around Thirteen or twelve—I think it was twelve, more or less. Um, my wife, who is a Reiki master, kind of strong-armed him into attending a Reiki for kids workshop because, she, of course, she wanted to uh, impart upon her child the gift of Reiki, which is very benevolent, very noble. I mean, I don't know any parent who wouldn't want their child to have that. So, my son on a Saturday. Went to the Mysterium Center at 8 o'clock in the morning, and he was there for, like, half the day. So my wife was pretty happy about that. Until at the end, without missing a beat, Jacob approached his mom and said, Mom, never do that again, please. I don't ever want to attend a class like this again. So naturally, she was devastated, and I was shocked. And I, of course, kind of told him how he should be grateful that he should be a bit happier that he has a mom who's willing to do that for him. And that's a story for another time. But a year later, I had the opportunity to allow him to take tarot under me. Now, my approach was a bit different. I didn't strong arm him into anything because unlike the Reiki class, which is basic for kids class, which is basically fun and just half a day. This would have been six Sundays worth of regular him leaving the house, going to the Mysterium Center, and being with people nearly twice or sometimes thrice his age to learn the practice of the tarot. So all I told him was, Jacob, um, there are very few things in this world I have to bequeath to you, and the tarot is one of them. And the tarot is probably the reason that him and I are, I'm his father. And I said to him, I'm not forcing you into it. But I would love for you to learn this practice that is so close to my heart, because at the end of the day, it can serve you very well, and it can do a lot of great things for you if you practice it properly. Now, all I told them was it's going to require a commitment that every Sunday you're going to need to come to the Mysterium Center for two hours, do your class, and then go home. Um... Then what happened was, I said, think it over, not forcing you into it, but you know where to go if you decide to do this. I would be very honored. And I was shocked that on the first day of class, it was a huge class. It was like 20 people in that class. My son was there. So I was really flattered and I was like, wow, my own son, he's here. But I said, well, it's six weeks. He's probably going to lose interest in it after the first week. The next week came, he followed. And the next week, and the next week, and what ended up happening was he became the youngest ever certified tarot reader in the country. Actually, I don't think he was 13. I think he was 12. So, of course, I would want my son to have that. So, he was the very the youngest ever Mysterium certified tarot reader in the Philippines. I mean, just historic, history for me, and I was very proud of it. So, going back to it, how did I get this to work? And here are some pointers for you. First and foremost, never... Strong arm your children into any of these practices. Why? That is a recipe for them to hate it. All right? Once again, never strong arm your children into any of these practices, especially if you want them to take it seriously. Because in my case, I personally hated it that I was forced on Sunday growing up. To go to church at 8 in the morning. Well, I wanted to sleep in. I mean, how come they couldn't move church to 8 p.m.? That was op- an option. So I just anchored all this negativity to it. So if you force it upon your kids, then you're pretty much going to set yourself up for disappointment in the end. Either they're going to treat it like crap because they're going to um, passive-aggressively want to get back at you, or they're just not going to take interest in it, and that's just going to make you feel bad. Number two. Make it an option, not an obligation. In other words, like here at my house, there are occult books all over. And every now and then, my son will ask me for a reading. He's 17 now, and I'll see him peeking at some of my occult books. But I'll never like, say, okay, young Skywalker, now is your time to start your formal Jedi training and treat him like some sort of Padawan. Because at the end of the day, it's still your kids. Okay? And although I would be very honored to teach both of them everything I knew, I don't want it to become an obligation. Number three, go with their interests. So especially if you're into the occult, you might be a Wiccan, for example, but what if your son doesn't like Wicca? What if your son is interested in ceremonial magic? Or what if he's interested in the tarot? Or what if he's interested in voodoo? You got to respect that. You got to respect that at the end of the day, it's still their preference. So if you follow these things, if you make it an option, an option not an obligation you don't strong arm your kids and you respect their preference then that's an easy way now what i would do slowly is i would expose them to some basic terms some you know just some core knowledges in a very light and enjoyable manner okay i wouldn't recommend having him watch 12 hours worth of golden dawn documentaries on hermetic ceremonial magic he's gonna go nuts Instead, I would say, all right, um, let me start by explaining to you the tools of a magician or what is is a banishing or how does a spell work, these things. In other words, make it so simple that they could get it with their eyes closed and let them build from there because at the end of the day, they're going to be the ones to find their own path, okay? If in the future my son went up to me and said, Dad, I decide to be a born-again Christian, I tell him I love you. You're still my son, and even though we don't see eye-to-eye on what I do and what your belief system says I do, it doesn't get in the way between you and me. If in the future he becomes an atheist and he says, I don't believe in any of this crap, you could say you don't believe in it, don't call it crap. Simple as that. But at the end of the day, it also involves sharing and at the same time respecting the preferences of your children. Because if I went to my son and I said, No! voodoo is the only way and all other ways are wrong, then I'm depriving him the possibility of learning better things. All right? And I'm talking this completely from an occult, intuitive standpoint. Now, another thing is this. Now, if we're just coming from the intuitive standpoint, like, okay, I have a son who's not into the occult at all, but he has very powerful psychic gifts. All right? Number one, you never tell them, oh, it's just your imagination. Or you're just making things up. Or you're full of it. Because you hated it hearing it when I said it. I mean, when I said it, when it was said to you, and I hated it as well. I remember there was one time when I was younger, my mom and I had a huge fight because I was going through a bad breakup. And I said, you know, I think it's time I finally use magic to solve this problem. And without missing a beat, she just said to me, do you really think that crap works? And I blew up at her. I was 18 at the time. And I was like, how dare you say that to me? How dare you? I mean, because it's like you don't shit on somebody else's beliefs. So if your child is intuitive, you never, ever say that they're crazy. You never, ever, ever tell them, ah, oh, it's all in your head. You're just making it up because you're actually snuffing their intuitive light. And this is one thing I'm going to say, and I know I'm going to get into trouble for saying this, but you don't really want to take them to a psychiatrist for this, okay? Okay. Now, I know I may have crossed the line here because I said in previous episodes that don't claim to be a something you're not. And yes, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. But if you're going to take your son to a psychiatrist because he says he sees spirits or he hears um, the spirit world, then you're basically indirectly telling him that he's crazy. You see what I'm saying? So I like to believe in the factor of dismiss everything and believe everything. So if my son said... Dad, I am hearing the voices of a spirit. What do I do? I wouldn't say, ah, you're nuts. You're full of it. Go away. Because that's just going to make him clam up or that's going to disvalidate whatever he's experiencing. Instead, I would say, all right, son, you want to explain to me what you're hearing? What time did you hear it? Who were you with? I would actually believe him at first. Now, if I caught him lying, then that's fine. That just means he's fibbing and there's no real problem. But if he says, oh, oh, I saw this and that and that and this... And then the minute I, I hear that, I rush him straight to the psychiatric ward. It's going to be counterproductive for his intuitive growth. And I think it was Harner who said, or some shaman teacher who said, how many people in the psychiatric wards are actually people who are just having intuitive and psychic experiences? Did you ever think about that? So that being said, um, if these all panned out and you stink your son or daughter or child, whoever's listening, has a gift, then the next thing is to help them understand it and to help and celebrate it you never say i don't know don't talk about your gift huh uh don't do that because you're basically telling them i'm ashamed of your gift everybody would want a parent who's proud of what they can do like if my son can see spirits i'd be like yeah yeah he's very gifted he can see spirits i mean he's already a good tarot reader or if my daughter was a healer, I'd say, yeah, she's an amazing healer for her age. I wouldn't say, ah, she's just playing healer, this and that. No, I would definitely celebrate um, all the beauty that's within them, especially as they're growing up. Because it reminds me of a story when I lived in the provinces of this girl I talked to. And she called me up because she said she had she saw a fairy in her room. That in the middle of the night, something entered her room and there was a very bright, bright, flashing, flying light in her room and she was convinced it was a fairy and this girl was already 17 at the time when she called me and when she called me up um of course i gave her the benefit of the doubt and i i couldn't confirm or deny but i definitely wouldn't just deny it but i said okay uh let's call her sandra sandra i'm sure you had a phenomenon she called me she was crying she said she knows what she saw it i said are you sure it wasn't a firefly she said no it was too big to be a firefly i know it was a fairy and i specifically told her i said sandra all i'm asking you is please don't tell everyone about this because there are going to be people who understand you and people who don't okay and if you speak to, about it to the people who don't understand you it might be detrimental to you but what happened she opened her mouth she told her mom she told her dad what did they do they took her to the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist gave this long convoluted statement about how she had a seizure in the middle of the night and that was just a hallucination and what did they do they pumped her up with so many drugs that she practically became how do I say just floated around Um, now I don't think she was crazy I really don't think she was crazy at all. I don't think she was hallucinating. But if you're going to explain this stuff in the guise of science to someone, they're immediately going to jump to their textbooks and they're going to say, oh no, this person's crazy, this and that. Like, even in The Exorcist, um, they put Reagan through shock therapy before they actually believe that, you know, she was possessed by a demon. And that's on a very negative end. So, that being said, um, if your child has that gift, they're seeing things, they're sensing things, they're seeing the dead and stuff like that. Unless, of course, it was becoming, how do I say, dangerous to them, like they were hurting themselves or something, I wouldn't bring them to a psychiatrist or anyone who would consider them crazy. I would take them to an intuitive mentor who is uh, somebody with a good reputation, with a history of helping people, to help them understand their gifts. Because their gifts is no pretty much in the same category as their sexuality. I wouldn't take my son or daughter to a psychiatrist if they told me they were gay. I would say, okay, you're gay. I love you. You're still my son. Nothing has changed. It's the same thing. If my son or daughter was intuitive, I wouldn't take them to a psychiatrist to try to shut it down. It's the same thing. So here's some pointers for all of you parents out there. Uh, Our children are the light of our lives. I really know that. And if ever you have any questions, if you're an intuitive parent and you need any assistance, send me a message on my fan page, facebook.com slash Rob Take care, everyone. Stay amazing parents.